All right, hey all, welcome to the EdTech Pod Squad. Uh, before we get started, let's go around and introduce ourselves. Uh, hey, my name is Josh Howard. I am a tech coach in Fulton, Missouri, and you can find me on Twitter at uh, Josh C. Howard and my blog, joshchoward.com. Hey everyone, I am J.P. Prezavento. I work in the Fox School District in Arnold, Missouri as the Instructional Technology Coordinator. You can connect with me on Twitter at J.P. Prez and follow my blog at jpprez.com. Hi guys, uh, Samantha Hardesty-Noll. I'm a tech coach in the Wentzville School District and you can connect with me um, on Twitter at technoll. Hello to everyone, Jonathan Lee here. You can find me at uh, Twitter, Tech Percent. You can also listen to me on the METC podcast as well. So good connecting. Awesome. I'm Erin Lawson, and I'm the district tech coach in the Orchard Farm School District, and you can follow me on Twitter at Erin underscore Lawson 3. All right. So moving on into our content, let's check out what's new, what's going on. So we have... Uh, Jim, is it Jim Kit? Uh, it's Jim called Gim Kit. So I don't. Right. Um, we kind of talked about this before we went live, but uh, if I don't know if you've heard of Gim Kit, but it's kind of um, the website's gimkit.com. You can check it out there. But it's a kind of a quiz gamification tool in the vein of Kahoot. Uh, you can actually import your Quizlet um, decks in there as well and use that. But the uh, the hook about it is it's kind of like Kahoot. Um, kind of those interactive quiz things, but the, uh, the, the greater hook with GimKit is, uh, and our kids that I've done it with over the past couple weeks in, in class call it the money game because um, the kids can earn like virtual uh, dollars and then you can buy like upgrades to allow you to like score points in different ways or get streaks or things like that. So it's very much like, um, it feels kind of like a video game when you're playing. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, maybe a game you'd have on your phone where, the more times you do something, you get greater rewards. So the kids are really into it. It's fun. And we just did some kind of last minute review stuff with it over the last couple weeks of school. And it was super fun. The kids loved it. So um, for review or for just to take your boring old content and turn it into a game, it would be a um, something new and novel for kids to do something a little bit differently. That but, sounds perfect until, you know, we get, you know, Fortnite EDU coming up. No, I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, well, we're uh, waiting for it. Still doesn't compete with Fortnite, which is a whole, uh, <laughs> that's actually coming to Android phones um, this summer. So your problems Ooh. are all going to probably quadruple with all your kids, yeah. every single kid having it on their phone now. That's pretty cool. So I'm, I'm, I clicked on the link that's in the show notes and takes you to that website. So at the bottom, it says it's actually made by students. Yeah. So oh, yeah. And I totally whiffed on that. But um, yeah. yeah, this idea was developed by a high school student who created it and pitched it and got like funding for it. And that's where this app has come from is actually a student who wanted to create their own version of like a Quizlet or a Kahoot type game. So I think that's even more awesome is that yeah, that's pretty cool. entrepreneurial slant for students going along with it. Sounds really great. Uh, something else we have coming up, uh, what's new? We have Tor Creator. What's going on with that? Well, uh, it looks like Google has released their Tor Creator so that um, students and teachers can create their own uh, virtual reality experience, much like Google Expeditions. So I haven't had a chance to play with it yet because it hasn't been turned in 
turned on in our admin uh, panel yet, but it, it looks like it has great possibilities. That's always been the one drawback for me with Google Expeditions is um, they're amazing, but having a piece where students and classes can create their own. Um, so excited for that and can't wait to try that out. I think that sounds amazing. What are some other things? Wasn't there something else we were talking about that needs to be turned on in the Google admin that we could check out and just make sure something with like Gmail? We were talking about it before yeah. we started the show. Oh, there was, yeah, like, well, Gmail and calendar more re like less recently, but Gmail just had a big up upgrade and that's like kind of slowly rolling out to new places. But like for an example, like I rolled over into new Gmail during a PD session and there was like a mass hysteria. So I can't imagine something like a tour creator being shown uh, right now. So, Speaking um, of stuff um, rolling out during a PD session, I have a quick story for you guys. So our um, middle schools, we're doing these high school entry interviews now where the kids are going to answer some questions. They're going to make a little screencastify video um, reflecting on middle school and kind of talking about how prepared they feel for high school. Then at the end of their high school career, they're going to have these videos emailed back out to themselves. They can reflect on them. So I was training everyone on all our middle school teachers, one of our middle schools on Screencastify a couple of weeks ago. It was literally the day that Screencastify updated. So in, <laughs> in between two of my team meetings, like Screencastify totally changed. And wow. it changed for new downloads, but not like since I already had it um, on my Chrome, I didn't get the update. So I'm in the middle of a team meeting and say, well, I, it might look like this. <laughs> might look a little bit different. But like, and I tweeted it, um, who I think it was Matt Miller in Screencastify. I'm like, hey, thanks for changing, guys. I definitely appreciate that in the middle of a team meeting. <laughs> was, the timing was just ridiculous. That's funny because that was a pretty big change. It looked a lot different when they yeah. upgraded it. I'm sure you, you were, people went for a loop there. And, you know, it was, you know, there was a small meeting. It was like five, six people in there. So it wasn't the end of the world. There was, you know, I'm like, oh, they're like, well, JP, mine doesn't look anything like this. Like, oh, I will update all of my training documentation this afternoon. Timing on that is crazy. <laughs> it was classic. So on the, on the tour builder, which, or on tour creator, because there is a tour builder. Yeah, uh, this is tour creator. And the link I put in the show notes actually goes to like vr.google.com. Uh, and you have a couple options. There's a couple of creative tools that are in there. And I know you, I, I went there and it was under my personal account, but I was able to switch over to my work account. So I guess it's turned on. I didn't have to turn anything on from the admin console on my end. But um, I was playing with it the other day and I created like a tour of St. Louis and just made up a bunch of stuff. And you can actually go get other, because it's 360 uh, pictures, obviously. And so you can actually go to Google Maps and locate pre-made or somebody else that's already submitted their 360 photos and use those as well. You don't necessarily create and build your own picture. So that was kind of cool. But you can put your points of interest in there. And then um, I have not seen it the, the step further where you actually upload it to expeditions or whatever. I've only seen the link. Um, and you share the link out to other people. But, um, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting where it's going, though. That sounds great. Sounds like something really good to kind of um, investigate over the summer. Mm -hmm. Chill by the pool. <laughs> Go to Tour Creator. Chill by the pool create, and get your you know? VR Tour Creator going. <laughs> put your headset on. Put your headset on. <laughs> At least I'm still getting tanned in the sun. Just have the headset on and <laughs> taking myself to the beach or something like that. So that sounds really great. So we have our um, coaches corner here. Uh, what are you guys up to? Anything going on? I know we're getting ready to go to the summer, but... 
So this is our uh, truly our busy time of the year because this is when we are prepping for 20 days of PD for our district. So um, while while we watch our teachers winding down and and uh, you know wrapping up for the year, we're we're really on the ramping up, getting ready for lots of great PD. That reminds me because you know this this session right here that you know we're going to be talking about is more for people that are going into the new coaching role and so with that how many extra days do you guys have on your contract if any um, as a technology coach like I have 15 I have 15 extra days on my contract um I have 30 so like with the way that my contract looks it's a just a basically a teacher contract plus an additional 30 but they grant me flexibility in that those 30 can come anywhere between the last day of school and the first day of school next year. So it doesn't even have to fall into fiscal year or academic year. It just has to be something that I can say, Hey, I work these 30 days. I'm a, I'm a normal teacher contract plus 20 days. And then I'm a 12 month contract. So I, you know, I work all year round and then the amount of PD I do over the summer usually varies. Um, you know, I know, I think, Josh, I don't know where you sit. Are you tech department or are you curriculum? I work under the, in the curriculum department. Okay. So, you know, my role, like we do, a, we have a, and I think I talked about last time, like what, 85,000 big summer conferences this summer, I think. Um, <laughs> I do a lot of supporting work with those. Um, so like in years past, I've done lots of summer workshops. This summer, I pared it down to just a couple of days. I think I have three full days of just that are my own stuff, which is really out of the ordinary for me. But then I have presentations of both our conferences. Then I have a lot of set up, tear down, logistics stuff for, we have 35 summer PD events and my hands will probably be in 20 of them. So it's just, of all, I'm doing a bunch of my own stuff, but then it's just a bunch of supporting the rest of the CNI department and all the, all the work that we're doing all summer. All right. Awesome. So you guys, are you ready to go to the future content? Let's do it. Sounds good. Let's do it. Okay. So basically in our feature content, um, the idea came about, so about four years ago, I got this tech coach role and I got the role, got the job. And, the, and I thought, well, I have no idea where to go now. And I started Googling tech coaches. What does a tech coach do? And all of this kind of stuff. And I had no idea where to start. And I know that, um, you know, I've had other people that, ha that that's happened to like reach out to me and go, where do I start? What do I do? And so I thought that maybe this would be a really great thing for us to talk about. Um, so maybe anybody who's listening, if you know of anybody that is going to uh, be a tech coach next year for 2018, 2019, or maybe doing kind of a split role or something like that, this would be a great episode to share with them. And we can be here to help them out and help them on their journey, basically. Okay, so the first question I have for you guys, because we all were not in this whole tech role, at least I don't think so. Um, I think that we were all teachers prior to becoming um, coaches or even like Jonathan with um, Ed Plus and METC in a tech role like that. And so let's just kind of go around the go around a little bit and just say, what did we used to do? So JP, what, what did you used to do before this role that you have? So I taught um, high school English for eight years and I'll say eight years and six weeks. Um, and then I've been in this role for, it'll be five years in September. Kind of got yanked out of my classroom six weeks into the school year, which is a whole podcast in and of itself. Wow. 
<laughs> Interesting. Josh, how about you? Um, so yeah, like I've been all over the place. I started out teaching first grade was my first teaching job. I taught fifth grade and then I taught middle school language arts for uh, five years. And then I worked a hybrid year where I worked as a coach slash teacher slash mentor. So I ran, I did like a lot of our mentoring with new teachers plus instructional coaching, which was largely involved with technology. And then like it was apparent to everybody that we, we had just gone one to one and we needed more than a halftime FTE or a mine was split like 0.7.3. So uh, they said we need a full time. So they took my teaching job away from me and they said, this is going to be your job now. So yeah, like my background is all just teaching. And then coming into the coaching world was like a totally like mind blowing different experience for me. Awesome. Jonathan, what about you? So yeah, I taught uh, fourth grade to start off with uh, three years total, I believe, and then got graduated up to fifth grade, um, passed that exam, you know, so I was able to teach for a while, and then I was asked to take on the uh, admin um, intern role at the middle school, and it's actually ended up being a hybrid middle school elementary, so I spent two days at the elementary level and three days at the, at the uh, middle school, so it's kind of kind of fun got to work with many different administrators and then um that role ended because of funding and went back to the classroom fifth grade and then um you know i was in a great district uh it's just really small and so when you want to kind of learn more and kind of branch out i kind of felt of something trying to look for something different and so that's kind of how i ended at plus and the rpdc so um you know i could travel all over the state and see all kinds of different um cool things going on so it's been it's been an awesome awesome move so very cool. Very cool. Sam? Um, so this is my 22nd year in education. Um, and I started uh, as a fifth grade teacher. And I taught a couple years fifth grade. Then I moved to middle school and taught about eight years at the middle school level. But while I was at the middle school level, I transitioned from the regular classroom to a technology classroom. Um, and then I went back into the regular classroom for a couple years, back into the computer classroom for a couple years. And then this is my third year as a tech coach for Wentzville. Very cool. That's awesome. Um, I taught sixth grade. I've always taught sixth grade. I guess I prefer the hormonal children. And so <laughs> but I love sixth graders. And so I always taught sixth grade, ELA, social studies, some science thrown in there. And uh, this is my 13th year in teaching. So yeah, we all have like so many different backgrounds um, that I think really help us out in this tech coach role. So I heard, so this is my fourth year in the tech coach. Sam, you said this was your, this is year three for me. Year three. Um, Josh, for you? Uh, I mean, my third doing coaching, my second full-time, I'm wrapping up my second full-time coaching year. Okay, cool. And JP, I know you just kind of have like a whole lots of, a lot of hats on top of you. So how many, how many years have you been in this more of a tech coach role again? I've been the instructional technology coordinator. It'll be five years in September and it's kind of like, you know, it's a hybrid role. So I'm just going to say five years in September. Five years. And Jonathan, how long have you been there at Ed Plus? Three years. Three years. All right. So we, okay. So we'll talk about a little bit later about, um, the patience that you have to have and how many years it takes to get something rolling. And so that's, that's why it's really important to know um, how many years we've been in this role so far. Okay. So uh, what did you all do to prepare yourself for this coaching role so many years ago? What did you do? I kind of spoke on this before we went live, but you know, 
I don't know that there was a lot of thoughtful preparation. It was hit the ground running. Um, and, and I feel like after three years, I'm, I'm still, I'm still running. I, I feel like now I'm doing more to kind of prepare myself to take, take my coaching um, a little bit farther, but it really was like, just jump it and go. Uh, yeah, that was like similar with with me. Like I was, um, before I had a coaching position, I was really active on Twitter and just connecting with other people all over the place. Um, and so that's kind of where I started dipping my toes in. I, I tried to find some hashtags. So like ET coaches, uh, Tosa chat is another one where I would start to like, just send out like, how do you engage teachers? Um, what are the kind of things I need to be telling teachers to be doing? So the social media thing, definitely. And then just changing up like my, uh, going to conferences and stuff, trying to focus more on like places where tech coaches would be. And that's kind of like how I've met most of you guys. Um, and, but that's like the biggest thing for me is just putting myself in places where other people are who can give me ideas of the way that I need to be doing stuff. I agree with that. I mean, I remember, I swear, I just, I Googled technology coach. <laughs> what, what is, is the role of a technology <laughs> coach? <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing with this role? I mean, you know, like the ISTE standards popped up. I remember things like that. So I was like, okay, well, all right. I mean, this, this exists, people are doing this, but um, yeah, it's always kind of hard at first when you're just not quite sure what, and I don't know about you, did your school district know exactly what a tech coach was supposed to do? Well, I'll just tell you my first, uh, my first responsibility, the first thing my boss told me to do when I got hired was you need to write the description for your job and the things that you, you need to do as a tech coach. And I immediately thought, what? Like, aren't you supposed to tell me what to do? I have no idea. So I was like Googling uh, other descriptions of tech coaches all over the place to be like, okay, I guess I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like, um, it was very confusing at first. You know, I jumped in at a real interesting time because we were rolling out uh, the year I started, we rolled out a new student information system. We rolled out a new web host um, and we started our rolling out kind of a BYOD pilot. So it was kind of a pretty smooth transition for me. I kind of, um, before I jumped on board officially, um, I'd been doing all the, you know, tech training in the building kind of thing. I'd been real active on social media, you know, going to METC and kind of starting to make those connections already. And I think that was one of the reasons I was, I was able to get the job because I was able to talk about, well, you know, I know people in this district who do this, this district who do this, like, oh, wow, you mean things happen, things happen places, JP, let's have you do more things with people and stuff. Um, you know, so I kind of jumped right in with training on the, on Tyler, training on the web host and, bring your own device stuff. So that kind of just, we just kind of hit the ground running a little bit because we had those new initiatives that we knew work had to be done on. And once those kind of got off the ground, then it was a lot more, all right, let me see what else I can really do in this job and how I can get access to teachers and how I can be, you know, making the most of my time when I work, when I have 850 teachers and one of me. Jonathan, through your visits um, with, you know, because you travel all over the place uh, mm -hmm. with Ed Plus, do you notice that a lot of the schools you visit, do they have tech coaches or are they thinking about getting one or? No. So, yes, yeah, so that's a good question. It's, it's kind of, um, I mean, tech coaches are a rarity in, uh, I would say, a vast majority of our districts in the state. I think it's, it's a luxury that our bigger districts have. 
Um, I mean, you go to St. Louis districts that are large, they all have one, two, maybe three tech coaches, depending on, you know, the district, right? Um, but a lot of the districts in the state of Missouri, and there's 526 of them or whatever, they're, they're not very big. And so they don't have that luxury of being able to have a, a full-on tech coach. Um, you know, I've been in the schools where they have a tech person, but it's not necessarily a coach. And that person has one hour of tech person and then two hours of bus driver and three hours of, of PE teacher. And so they, they kind of, you know, they have to deal, deal with what they have uh, available to them. And so it's very different, but um, I definitely have noticed more and more school districts going with that option of having a tech coach, but um, it's definitely on the back burner because I don't think people really understand what its purpose is. You know, they, they get, the purpose of an ELA coach, they understand the purpose of a math coach. So I think those tend to come first and then they try to wrap their heads around, uh, okay, so what does a tech person do? What, what, what are you going to help us with? That kind of thing. Um, and then, but a lot of times, like Josh was saying, it's kind of like, well, all right, well, we, we'll create it, but you got to figure out what you're going to do for the year. So um, it's kind of nice, but kind of scary as well too. So. So speaking of guidance, because it sounds like you've really helped them, helped other schools with guidance with technology um, because they do not have um, a role like that as a tech coach. So when you guys first became tech coaches, who did you reach out to? Do you remember? Because I remember the first two people that I sent an email to as a tech coach. It was Greg Lawrence there at Wentzville <laughs> and Tina Lauer at St. Charles School District. Those were the two people that I sent emails to going, hi, I'm a new tech coach and I don't know what I'm doing. Do you have any advice for me? And I think I still actually have those emails, which is really funny. Um, so is there anybody that you guys can remember that you reached out to for guidance? Well, I, I would have to uh, share the same thing. Greg Lawrence has probably has been completely instrumental in, in helping me find my, my coaching legs and figure out what I'm going to do. Um, that man has the patience of, of a saint. Um, <laughs> he continues to be um, a, a dear friend and a mentor for me. So, and he, like, I just stalked him. Um, I would go on to his Twitter and see who he's following and, and decide who I was going to follow from there or, you know, just wherever he would go. I'd just tag along in the background and, and try to figure things out from him. So definitely. I didn't have like specific people that I, cause I didn't like even know. Um, it, I'm not like in the same region as you guys. Like I'm a little over here in the uh, uh, mid Missouri. And um, like Jonathan was saying, it is a luxury, this position. So like our cohort districts do not have coaches. Um, I did uh, go do a visit in Columbia where they have an instructional technology department. But again, like their, their district is huge and they have an entire staff and I am a one man department. So it, it wasn't like great because I can't replicate a school district that has like 18,000 students to mine where I have 2,500. Um, so really it was a good thing for me having connections on social media and PLN type people to reach out to. That was a lot more helpful and beneficial for me moving into that role. All right. So Josh, you mentioned a PLN um, and I was thinking actually we could put a doc in the, in the show notes. <laughs> so we could put a doc in the show notes of maybe some people like a list of Twitter handles of people like for maybe somebody who's new that they could just go find this list from us and just go follow all of these people. Absolutely. So, you know, so yeah, so let's definitely do that. Um, who are some people that you would recommend um, to follow on Twitter for a new technology coach? 
Um, I mean, it's I think it's always a good idea to start with uh, people who are just sharing a lot of really great things. Uh, somebody brought Matt Miller up earlier. Um, anybody who's working with coaching and working with mentoring teachers and doing technology, so many great ideas coming um, from Matt Miller. And he wrote uh, Dipset Textbook. Um, but he, he also does like a, a podcast every day and he has uh, the Google Teacher Podcast. But he just is a powerhouse of content for anybody who does any kind of teacher mentoring with technology. There's so much there. I would say that would be my number one recommended follow. And I'll, I'll echo that one too. I mean, he does, he does a great job. I, I mean, I sit there and go, how does he come up with all this content? I just amazed by how he was able to just pull things and talk about them. Um, and I love the idea that he's starting a daily po- podcast now. Cause I have that, you have the whole Google assistant stuff and you can, Set up to where you say, "Hey Google, good morning." And I heard you on there the other day. By the way, Jonathan, you yeah, were yeah, I had oh, that was big time, <laughs> big time. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, I love that. I can say, you know, the, the Google thing in the morning, and it'll run through my day. But then it ends up with starting his daily podcast, and so I can, you know, start every day off with a little tidbit of information, and he interviews people on that too. So, it's pretty cool. Um, but I, I go his co his counterpart on the Teacher Tribe. Casey Bell does a great job as well. She puts out a lot of good stuff on the Google side of how to integrate that stuff into your classroom too. So I'd add her to the list too. Hey, but next time, Jonathan, can you just make sure you plug the podcast? Yeah, for real, dog. Come on. Open and close with EdTech Pod Squad, buddy. (laughs) I had to record that thing a couple times because, you know, I don't want to do a whole minute and a half, but uh, you're right. You're right. I got to plug our our system here. I, I like following George Kuros just for big ideas. I think he has, he, he's a, I like his thinking. Um, he often says exactly what I've been thinking for, for the last decade in education. Um, so he's a, he's one. I love Alice Keeler. She's always got great ideas. Um, she doesn't sleep, but love oh, her. Yeah, she, she's great. Yeah, she posts a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> really good stuff. Yeah, really Richard Burns. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, he's always yeah. got great ideas. I, I feel like sometimes I take his ideas and then share it out with my teachers. I feel I probably should pay him. Um, another one that just recently I've kind of started to dig is a guy named Jake Miller, and his handle is uh, Jake Miller Tech, and he does animated gifs of like just simple technology things, and he tweets them out on Twitter, so you get like you can see like some little tip or trick or something, and it's such a great idea and it's so awesome, but. I love it every time I see it because it's like, oh man, this is, I can just retweet this out to my district hashtag because all my teachers need to see it. But um, such a great like little niche te- uh, coaching strategy that I really like. Jake Miller. Yeah, his stuff's really good. I want to go in a different direction actually. Um, so, and I can't believe it. I was in this job for like three years before I found about the, found out about ISTE's ET coaches, EdTech coaches network. Mm-hmm. So at, was it at EdTech coaches on Twitter? And hashtag ET coaches, Josh, I think you may have mentioned them a little bit earlier. Um, like that's a great, great resource. Like I'm involved with a few things that they do. Like they have a blogging buddies group. So they connect, you know, coaches from around the country and blogging groups that, so we have blogs to read every month and blogs to comment on to help us to develop networks. And they also do an annual book study. Um, and I did their, I, I kind of half participated last year and did it all the way this year. And, you know, so it's more than just someone to follow on Twitter and a Twitter hashtag. It's really this whole community that's just really, really useful. And if you do the book study, you get a free book. And that's all oh, yeah. right there. And the blogging buddies thing is cool. I do that too. And that is 
it gives you people who you can kind of read and reflect with. Um, Cause otherwise you feel like you post something, nobody ever reads it, but the blogging buddies, you're going to get a couple of comments every time you post something. And that's mm -hmm. nice. Um, but yeah, that just that hashtag is awesome. And they even do like slow chats every now and then where it's not like, it's kind of like a Twitter chat, but it's not, not everybody has to meet at the same time. Yep. There's like one kind of, uh, you know, provocative question that gets you thinking about something. And then everybody just kind of posts through it throughout the, a couple of uh, days or a couple of weeks. And it's kind of nice to get some insight on stuff that way too. Yeah. That's how they do the book study. And it was just really, really useful to me because, you know, I couldn't guarantee that I can be available from 12 to one for a Twitter chat. But if I know that sometime today I can go and tweet and then see what everyone's talking about slowly throughout the day, it's just, it's so useful to build up that network. And, you know, it's all folks who do this work. Well, we will put all of those things onto, into our show notes then so that, you know, anybody can check it out and go follow those people. As, um, let's see, I'm trying to think too, just here in the St. Louis area, we have a lot of people that are in the ETA group too. We have like Sam Stern, we got Abby Irwin, April Burton, we got a lot of great people. Um, and those, you know, we have a lot of Google people, um, but there's also some school districts like Kirkwood uh, with Nick Strecker, Kevin Collier, they do, um, they're like completely all Apple products there in Kirkwood. So it's kind of neat too, if you're a tech coach, it depends on what type of devices that you're going to have in your district of which you got to reach out and find out which districts are, have those devices and how they're using them. So it's also really helpful for those. So, okay, we'll put all of that in the notes for sure. Um, let's see here. Are there any, well, speaking of, you guys have really listed a lot. Are there, any, are there any other resources that really helped you get started at first as a tech coach? Aaron, you just mentioned uh, ETA, and that I think has been very um, beneficial, in having people to reach out to um, and just forming those connections in our, in our region to be able to um, reach out if you want to learn more about something. So um, ETA has been a great resource. I think our Google trainer groups have also been a really good resource um, to anytime there's an issue just to throw questions out to our, our trainer group. Uh, I would agree with that. And um, as a Google trainer, the, the uh, resource database that they have is awesome. Like there's, yep. if uh, somebody ever asks, Hey, can you do a session on um, Google sites? Like, I can go find something. I don't have to like put something all together and I can just kind of adapt it to our needs. Um, so yeah, like man, becoming a Google trainer and getting access to just the group of people that are involved with that, but also all of the shared resources. Cause I contribute all of my stuff to that group as well. Um, and I would recommend like other great resources for me starting, like uh, just getting connected with METC and going out there for like the summer workshops, but also the conference, um, joining ISTE, like, cause you get access to so much great stuff. Like I know that stuff costs money, but uh, the relatively small fees that you pay to be part of those things are paid back hugely in just the act, the resources you get access to the events that you can then get, uh, get to go to either a discount on or, uh, you know, for free. Uh, so there's just a lot of benefit into finding like those groups that you can join and be a part of and have membership in for the, the support, but also for the resources. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to selfishly plug uh, MUTC as well. Uh, I, th I think, you know, it was you, Josh, you mentioned how the, one of the 
the best things about going to the MTC conference is actually being able to see everybody that you don't get to see throughout the year. I mean, you get to you get to connect with people and see and bounce ideas off of all of, in the same week. And so it's pretty cool. Uh, and then we do run that throughout the whole year. And um, our social media person, Stephanie, she does an awesome, well, director, boss, everything. She does an awesome job of, of catching uh, other tech coaches around the state and retweeting stuff. And so she does a great job with all that too. Um, and then of course, yeah, ISTE is, is a great place. And um, we mentioned they have tech coaches and that's part, part of ISTE. But if you are a member of ISTE, they have so many different PLNs, not just necessarily tech side, but um, anything that would, you could tie into tech, uh, whether it's content area or not too. So that's all comes with that membership too. So it's pretty cool. I love um, from ISTE. I love the empowered learner magazine. Yeah. I love that yeah, magazine. Um, Cause I'm a mom of two. I've got this huge long drive back and forth um, from home and work. And so a lot of times, you know, there's certain books and stuff that I want to read, but I just can't sit down and read all of these big long books and so um empowered learner magazine is so great from ISTE and I love uh did you guys read the educational leadership magazine um from is it ASCD yeah. I really I love that magazine as well so there's lots of really great little short blogs and articles that you can read to try to keep up with it as a tech coach um what about like ed camps google summits things like that too to attend those types of deals I'm, people. I'm just in complete sponge mode. Anything that I can attend, um, you're right, Ed Camps and uh, Google Summit and ISTE and METC and um, recently went to a, a coaching, one that was completely surrounded coaching, uh, which was very helpful because we tend to have the technical side down, um, but really talking about like cognitive coaching um, was, was very helpful. Uh, the Google Summit that's in the whatever St. Louis every fall is always something that I really like. Uh, and I always just present it just about anything I can just to save money. But also, like, if I ever see something that seems kind of interesting, I just want to go be a part of it. Because kind of like what Sam was saying, like, total sponge mode. Like, uh, in Ed Camp, St. Louis or is just so awesome. I didn't get to go last year, but Ed Camps are my favorite just because it goes in so many directions and it's so personalized based on, like, who you end up with or whatever the topics in that room are. And sometimes you just meet somebody who totally gives you a different perspective on something that you can't necessarily get at a conference. Um, so yeah, just, ed, I'm a big, big fan of any ed camp style uh, professional development as well. Hey, can I piggyback on Josh real quick um, with that ed camp idea? And so I totally agree, Josh. Like I, I've been going to Ed Camp St. Louis since the very first one, with, with the exception of this year, I had to had to miss. I can't remember why. Um, but I've been going every year, and I love it. It's a great great event. But and this just kind of struck me while we were talking. You know, I I'm working to put on an Ed Camp um, Library Media Specialist um, in the fall. How cool would it be? And you know, we maybe we can break this on the Ed Tech Pod Squad. Uh, how cool would it be if we did some sort of like Ed Camp for like Ed Camp Coach or something like that. Ooh, I like what you're, what you're thinking there. Oh, boy. Like, and, you know, the cool thing about it is it's, you know, pulling back the curtain if you've never played an Ed Camp. It's not like groundbreaking, backbreaking work, right? You know, we can do it. And I just think that's a really cool way to get a bunch of people together. Absolutely. Okay. So just something, just something to think about. Maybe we can break that on the next episode. Oh, I like where you're going, though. <laughs> I like it. I like it, too. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
Well, things with conferences and ed camps and things like that, when you're a new technology coach, you know, um, even now, like for us, you know, we're talking about, we feel like we're a sponge at those things. I think when you're new, you're just, you want to be that sponge. You just go to those things and try to take in as much as possible. And after maybe a year or two, when you start feeling like you have something to show and to give, then that's your time to start submitting proposals. When you see those emails come out of submit proposals for METC and things like that, now it's your chance to start submitting that because it's time to put it out there, right? You want to start sharing. So, you know, don't be scared um, once you're in a year or two in your role to start submitting proposals to some of those things. Okay, so we are almost, um, we're almost out of time. So let's just end with um, any advice for a new coach. Any advice? Uh, well, mine would be to get on Twitter and follow those hashtags because that's like such a great uh, starting off point, especially if you are coming in new. But even if you aren't, even if you've been doing it, because I've, I've met throughout my travels in the state just people who have been doing this for years but don't even have a Twitter handle. And I just, it's such an easy way to get ideas because nobody knows everything, but um, everybody knows something. So, like, if you can get on Twitter and connect with people and just use those hashtags, like, you don't even have to participate. Just see what's happening like know what's on the edge what's on the cutting edge what's coming next what's interesting what's different or just new and interesting ways to share stuff like that's where I've gotten ideas for things I've stolen about like we started a supersonic teacher thing and you can um if you see a teacher using technology in a cool way I'll bring you a sonic drink and a gift card and you get a little flyer like and I just totally unapologetically stole that from somebody off of Twitter because it's a great <laughs> idea teachers love that kind of stuff so uh, big, uh, big recommend Twitter to anybody who's starting off. Yeah, I'll I'll take Sam's and I, uh, having a thick skin uh, is 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 important because I mean you think and maybe you don't think while I've taught kids for so long, teaching adults can't be has to be easier, right? That would be the exact opposite. No, it's not. Teaching I adults, wish everyone listening could see our head shaking right now. <laughs> <laughs> teaching adults and teachers is a completely different realm and uh, different, I won't say beast, but uh, it just, it's just very different. And, um, and so just be prepared for not paying attention, being on – I mean, they do exact opposite or they do exactly what they complain their students doing when they have tech in the in the class. Oh, yeah. Like when people say teachers are the worst students, that is not an exaggeration. Teachers <laughs> are the worst students. It might be an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> so, just be prepared for that. And, you know, I, I usually take the road for, uh, you know what, my job is just to kind of push out the content in, an, in as engaging way as possible. And if, if you have already turned yourself off before you even come into my room, there's not a whole lot that I'm going to be able to do to kind of do that. So they're going to do their own thing. I'm just going to teach the ones that, I want it. I, I hope they try to change their mind. I can do a little song and dance that brings them back, but you know, they're adults. So I, I take a different road than I do with kids. That's for sure. My, so, my best advice would, would just be building relationships. Um, it, it's the same, it's the same thing that we know as educators that you have to have strong relationships um, in order for you to get content to them. Technology is very emotional. For, for a lot of teachers, pe people feel very strongly um, one way or the other. Maybe they don't feel confident or, um, you know, just out of fear of looking like they're not a competent educator. And, and so it's, I think it's just essential to have 
time for just relationships. There's so many times we go into buildings and I won't even talk about technology or a new app or new anything. It's, it's talking to them about their kids or, or what they're doing for summer. Um, because if you don't have that piece, all, all the Google in the world's not going to get you there. For me, you know, one thing that I really struggle with is like how long it takes my work to like reach people. Um, so it's really important for folks who are coming in to realize, you know, the, and I know it's a trite analogy, but Rome wasn't built in a day, right? You know, true change takes three to five years. So you're not going to jump in a year one and by December see all this change happening. You know, I've been at this for almost five years now and it's taken every bit of five years for me to really start to see some of the ideas that I've been planting really start to take hold. And, you know, you really have to find those heat seekers and especially, you know, most of us will, you know, everyone and Sam, you're basically, you know, Amanda's awesome. You're basically a one person show because you guys are so big um, that you got to start, you got to start with those friendly audiences, start with those heat seekers, you know, relationships are important and start with those people who you know that you're going to be able to have that immediate impact on and let that spread. You know, you can, you're not going to be able to reach, especially in, you know, and we're all in, even in our smallest district, you know, we're not able to reach every single person every single time. So we have to try and be strategic with who we're talking to. That is really, really great advice. And speaking of reaching out, um, reach out also to as a to other tech coaches. Go to that doc we're going to put on here. Reach out to all of those different people. Um, do not be afraid to ask us questions. Like we, we are not scary. I hope that you don't think that you're that we're scary <laughs> by listening to us on this. But um, we are not scary people. Rawr. And uh, reach out to us. Ask any of us questions. Uh, we are all here to help each other and um, help us and help our districts and our teachers uh, with technology. So. Um, to basically wrap things up, um, we're the EdTech Pod Squad, and do we want to go around one more time, or do you think that we're good? What do you guys think? Well, I wanted to, uh, in the closing comments, real quick, I wanted to add on what's coming out with ISTE. So, so uh, before we go, that the the work around with everybody else, I am excited to announce, and at the time that we're recording this, it hasn't been officially announced by ISTE, but uh, it, so we're recording this on the twenty first. On the 22nd of May, uh, ISTE is going to be officially announcing that they're submitting air. They are uh, have, having a certification program come out. And so uh, they have asked their premier affiliates to uh, become certified trainers, and they only took four uh, this year. And so MUTC is going to be one of four in the world uh, that has trainers available to certify staff or teachers or educators in the teacher certification, uh, teacher standards for ISTE. And so it's really exciting to say that we're, we're one of those four. Um, on the ISTE's website, there's going to be a link to METC that'll give you information on that. Uh, we've been working closely with the other three. Uh, so we're all kind of on the same page. We all went together to ISTE headquarters in DC to kind of get trained. And so it's, it's not like, um, any certification I've kind of been a part of. It's not like a Google certification for trainer or in, in level one or two. It's it's a uh, two-day event in person, and then there's an eight-week online blended learning course that goes with it. And so, um, and then, if that's not enough, there's a portfolio that you have to submit to get final certification. So it's a big deal, and I think they want – I mean, it's a big deal because the standards themselves have become um, – I mean, I'm looking at – Erin, because she's on my big screen and behind her are the ISTE standards, you know, and so, <laughs> and there are states, there's at least five or six now that have said their tech standards are 
ASC standards. And so we want it to, they want it to be a big deal that someone says, you know, I'm certified in ISTE standards. So it's not just like it's a um, go, you know, review a video for a half hour and boom, you're an innovator or whatever. So it's a big deal. Um, and we've been, I mean, before it's even been released, we've been contacted by as far away, uh, so far as Nashville and Chicago uh, to come and, and do some training. And so it's going to be really exciting what MHTC is going to be able to provide. And so check out MHTC's website or ISTE's website when you hear this to learn more information about what that is if you are interested. So pretty cool. Big news, man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah very exciting. All right. Well, let's go around one more time and give our names, Twitter handles, and uh, we'll finish up this episode. All right. So, um, uh, again, I am Josh Howard uh, out in Fulton, and uh, you can get me on Twitter at Josh C. Howard and my blog at joshchoward.com. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, my name is Samantha Hardesty-Knoll, uh, instructional tech coach with the Winsville School District, and you can find me at TechKnoll. Jonathan Lee with METC and the St. Louis Regional Professional Development Center. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jleetechpercent or also listen to after the EdTech Pot Squad, of course, listen to the METC podcast as well. I'm JP Prezavento. You can connect with me on Twitter at JP Prez. Follow my blog at jpprez.com. And I'll break a little bit more news. Um, I have my own podcast that's starting the Bits and Bytes of Education podcast. You can check that out at jpprez.com slash pod. I should have episode one out by the time this hits the air on June 1st. Awesome. awesome. That's very cool. And I'm Erin Lawson. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Erin underscore Lawson three. So thanks for uh, listening to our EdTech Pod Squad. Um, if you know of any teachers that are going to be transitioning into the new tech coach role uh, next year, please pass this episode on to them so we can help them out. Thanks, everyone. Awesome. See y'all. All right. Hey, guys. <laughs>